back, folks. The first half of Wesson Walker. Fitty's on the mic, too. We still have a three-man show. We actually have a four-man show now with Smokey taking over for Shroppy back at the Planet Kia Studios. But one, Wes Bryant of the ACC Digital Network and Wesson Walker on WFNZ and on Twitter at Wes Bryant underscore 72. He's back hosting with me for the last hour. How are you doing? What's going on, baby? You already know. You know, got to come in here and bring the energy. I don't know how, you know, amped up you guys have been today. But uh, can I bring a little bit of juice back did, in here? Did we make you miss any time with important ACC figures because of this? Uh, you did not, man. And nothing could be okay. more important than this, okay? I'm going to come join my guys. You know, I definitely have duties to the ACC Digital Network, but they know I have duties uh, to my show as well. So uh, I'm going to miss Damon Stoudemire. Uh, and Earl Grant and I have always been pretty cool. We had a little chat in the elevator uh, area a little bit earlier and then missing Damon Stoudemire, the 90s nostalgia, mighty That's all I care about. Arizona. I'm sorry, Georgia Tech. That's all I care <laughs> no, about. I'm saying. I want to know about the Mighty Mouse tattoo. That's right. That's what I want to know right. about. And I got to catch him in the hallway, got a chance to give him his flowers, and uh, we took a quick picture and uh, had a brief chat. So it was definitely cool to see old uh, Damon Stoudemire. All right. So I do want to know, what are your we, – we have people in different sites. Colin's about to go to the Spectrum Center. Make mm-hmm. sure you catch the Kyle Bailey Show at the Spectrum Center in anticipation of tonight's game against the Atlanta Hawks. Just mm-hmm. want to make that clear. So keep it here on WFNZ as always. But, Wes, you've been hopping around all over the place as well. Main takeaways, main things you've heard, give us something interesting. For the, give, give the people what they want on what you've heard at ACC Tip. Uh, well, you know, when Carolina came in, we definitely asked them about their approach from last year to this year. And what they learned, and Hubert, you know, he definitely talked about how everything's a learning experience and, uh, you know, just getting guys to, to understand what's at stake. And the main thing that Carolina talked about was blocking out the noise because they had a lot of noise last year. And he was talking about guys, you know, cutting out family and media and all that stuff and not necessarily, you know, cutting them out in that sense, but just saying not to be paying attention to those things, media, family, friends, putting ideas and putting thoughts in their minds and things of that nature. So that was interesting to hear him talk about that uh, and the players as well. And when Armando Baycott, when I asked him about it, I don't know if it was because it was early and we were his first uh, station of the day and they seemed a little bit sleepy. But, you know, he seemed like he wanted no parts of the discussion of last year. He talked about how the roster's basically been flipped. And so... Uh, he said those thoughts and, and feelings from last season aren't there anymore because it's a completely different team uh, for the most part when you talk about the construction of them. Duke Blue Devils came in there as well. Uh, and they just seemed like a bunch, just enough, a fun-loving uh, bunch of kids. And so you saw them. Uh, we had Proctor and Jeremy Roach laying down yeah. in the background. And it was so funny, man. They're such kids because they're just laying down, phones right in their faces as they're waiting to come up to your station to talk and uh, like that. And then we had Miami me come up as well and uh, those guys they look ready to go man North Chad O'Meara he looks like a load down there in the post uh, he and Nigel Pack so he's made a couple comments already yeah about, about no chat <laughs> yeah so we've had some good good times with them and then we've got the social stuff going on in the room and asking them silly stuff favorite Usher songs favorite Beyonce songs uh, could you go in their camera rolls or their text messages which would they prefer and okay greatest basketball movie so it's been we've got a little bit of everything going on in the ACC digital network I'm more interested in the favorite Usher song Although we've had, we've tried to have an Usher conversation before, but you just don't like Usher like I that. do. This is but not true. This is not we've true. We've had this convo. You said you don't really listen to it because because this is okay, what happened. Go ahead. Go ahead. We had the music festival in Raleigh. Okay. 
and oh, okay, Usher was headlining, and then you were like, uh, and then you yeah. did your little like dust uh, get no. away from me thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what it was to bring it back to its proper context, this was the Dreamville yeah. Fest, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking of that as a rap festival, so I'm thinking it's going to mostly be rap acts. So mm -hmm. if I'm at that show and I'm already getting amped up by the hip-hop acts that's coming on, I don't want to mellow out with Usher, okay? But the reason that we're asking about it is because he's doing a Super Bowl, so we're going to have some content to go around that. But yeah, that was my only gripe with Usher. Uh, Confessions is one of the R&B albums that I listened to in its entirety, of and course. I enjoyed that album when it was out. I listened right. to it multiple times. Mush Usher's, I was about to call him Musher. Usher's got bangers. He's dog sledding now. <laughs> Usher's got bangers, man. I've always respected what he's done. Hell, I still remember uh, his first song, uh, Can You Get With It? You know what I'm saying? Back in the day when I was in middle school. If you want an all-time booty mover... I think you don't have to call is going to get the crowd. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fire. It, and, and then, and then my favorite, can you handle it? Yeah, yeah, fire, straight fire. If I do say so myself, Mr. Fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, us just, us just got hits galore, man. So yeah, him doing the Super Bowl is going to be a big deal. So, oh, yeah, right. he does, literally. Uh, yeah, there, yeah, there you go. There's Finney's <laughs> contribution to the Usher conversation. Okay, yeah. we got a lot of sports topics to get to. I apologize for talking a little rhythm and blues, but we shall move on. And we shall discuss maybe a little bit more of the Charlotte Hornets game tonight, Wes. Yeah. You excited about tonight with no all doubt. the storylines around it? No I mean, doubt. well, it's just, we talked about it this week, right? Uh -huh. So many off the court stuff. Yeah. Media day, everybody was excited. Mm -hmm. You had enough time pass, easy for us to say. I want to make that clear. But I think as time goes on, you don't focus as much on the Miles Bridges suspension. The question was now, what was he going to look like on the court? And then you have the arrest, you have the summons, you have the arrest warrant come about, and now the attention is focused on that again. And here you have Kai Jones having issues enough to the point where the Charlotte Hornets decided to drop him. Okay? And now here we are talking about Brandon Miller with a wrongful death lawsuit. How much of that does it take away from some of the excitement of the Encore product? Oh, it watch. definitely does, man. And it's just been conversations that we've been having just in this city, man. Just the history of the city. And it feels like, can we just get something for once that's pure, that's that's not uh, that's not tainted by something off the court, something unsavory? That would be nice in this town. But for tonight, for those 48 minutes, uh, we get some answers to some questions, yeah. at least for the first game, because we're going to learn how much did this stuff affect this team this offseason uh, how focused are these guys going to be because to me if you're the Charlotte Hornets the, the mentality that I'm looking for is that we know two years ago this team was on the cusp of advancing and perhaps being a team even though they got handled by the Atlanta Hawks two years in a row in the play-in but you felt like that this was a team that was ascending and so then last season you have off the court drama that affected them with Miles Bridges and all of the injuries so now this team to me is almost back together as a whole and so I want to see how these guys are going to come out with the grit and the chip on their shoulder that they want to make up for lost time and really make a statement especially you're playing against a team in your division I know it doesn't matter as much in the NBA but are you going to come out tonight and show the Hawks listen this is the Hornets for this year you're going to be getting this all season and NBA you should be ready to go this is a, a, a new era in Charlotte basketball all right so I, I was asking this earlier I'll go back to some of the text that we received I was asking about some of my blind spots with this team because we also had this conversation surrounding the Panthers where it felt like the national media was putting them way further down the list than we anticipate. Mm -hmm. 31 and a half, the over-under, I would take the over. I know I cover this team Me daily. Too. I get it, but I would take the over. Mm -hmm. I think so much of why this team failed last season 
it's because of the injuries. Mm -hmm. And though it doesn't mean they're going to win the championship, I don't have it twisted. If they make the playoffs, to me, they're going to do it via the play-in. I'll be happy if they host a play-in game and then get to a four-game series. Mm -hmm. that, that's what my realistic, optimistic goal is for this squad. So what are my blind spots? Because I certainly had them with the Panthers. Even you, I think, had them winning six games. Mm -hmm. They're not going to win six games anymore. <laughs> and I had them winning like nine yeah. or eight, like 500, something like that. Yeah. So what are they? I asked some of the text, uh, I asked some of the listeners to text it in. Paul said maybe the Hornets would be rated higher if their best players could stay out of jail. Of course, there's that one. You have 919 saying defensive-minded coach. Can he keep up offensively? I think he showed that when LaMelo Ball was in the game, their offensive rating was very good. Yeah. And I'm happy about the defensive progress they made. Another year with Mark Williams. So I could understand, though, how maybe even offensively, if you can't get bailed out in the half court with Gordon Hayward aging, Brandon Miller not being ready for the moment because he's a rookie, so maybe in the half court things start to bog down and that team isn't ready. I, I think that's one of the reasons maybe I could have a blind spot I haven't been paying enough attention to. What, what do you think are some of the reasons as to why the national media is so down on the Charlotte Hornets uh, I think for the fact, too, defensively, this isn't a team that's been a defensive stalwart for uh, the last few seasons. And I think interior defense, we should be okay with Mark Williams and the crew down See, and there. See, that's something I feel so good about. Yeah. Like, and that, I'm with you. I'm that, with you. That but. should be good. But the thing I worry about is the perimeter defense. Is LaMelo going to advance to the next level? Is he going to be a guy that can really be a guy that makes it very difficult on opposing players, opposing point guards and Terry Rozier. Uh, he's one of the main guys that you hear a lot of times after games when they win and play defense or when they do lose. He's one of the main guys saying, hey, we got to play better defense. We got to do this. So can the Hornets backcourt mm -hmm. uh, not get, for lack of a better term, not get smoked on a regular basis every night? Not giving up what you give. I mean, yeah, you might get 25 yeah. to 30 from Melo and 25 to 30 from Rozier, but are you going to give it right back up on the other end? Because we know in the NBA, most teams have a pretty decent back Court. You're not going to play against too many teams where you're just like, oh, this is going to be an easy night. So I think that and then just uh, some of the shooting. You know, last year, granted, the injuries had a big deal to do no, with that. No, but this preseason, they but were awful. But this preseason, yeah. too, like I said, the, the bad, the shooting woes continued. And so that's the thing. And, and, and the part that was the most disheartening as well, you know, whether you want to talk about, uh, the, you know, the, the field goal percentage and, and how low that was, the three-point shooting. But then the free throw shooting as well was very up and down this preseason. So I think right now shooting and perimeter defense is going to be the main thing because you can't constantly put the defensive game plan on Mark Williams' back and say, all right, man, I, I'll probably get beat if I don't get this steal and then get him in foul trouble early mm -hmm. in games because I think that's what a lot of teams are going to try to do. They're going to try to get the rim protectors out of the game because they know the perimeter isn't as strong, so then they can just have a free-for-all. Yeah, and I think also depth is something that people are starting to be concerned with. Yeah. So, okay, if you talk about your top five, your starters, Miles Bridge is not included here, so mm -hmm. when he comes back, if he comes back, still don't have any word on how much time he can miss after the initial 10-game suspension. But Brandon Miller coming off of the bench, this has been a big question for me, Wes. How much do you have to rely on him immediately to be your source of offense? Mm -hmm. Because it's JT Thor, and I feel comfortable with him hitting the corner three. We've dubbed it the Thorner three yeah. on Lockdown Hornets. <laughs> so the Thorner three has been working for him. Smart defender. But all right, where are we getting the offense? Nick Smith Jr.'s on the roster. He actually played a decent amount of preseason. Man, I, I wonder if I compared him to Bones Highlands earlier today. I like that. Could he be a later pick? 
comes in in the backcourt, not necessarily a facilitator, but gets hot middle of the season mm -hmm. to give you some kind of offensive punch. And he'll have some bad games where he just can't hit anything. But what about those Kelly Oubre-type games yeah. where he comes in and helps you five. this year? Yeah. I wonder if there if that's a way that you can get there. Um, th those are some of the things that I'm interested in. And, do, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say to your point about what you were saying, I think that Brandon Miller should definitely be a guy. If you're not being asked to be the savior for a franchise, which most number two picks are, then I think he definitely needs to uh, take command of that role with the second unit and be the guy and come out and show that. I think I, I think that's the least that you can ask of him at this point. Look, man, nobody's asking you to come in here and be the guy. Like, we've got plenty of talent here. Nobody's telling you to come in here 25 a night, and we need you every single night. But when you go in there with that second unit, man, you need to take command, take ownership of that group, and be their go-to guy when guys come off the bench. I, I do like that you can go back and forth with Brandon Miller. So, okay, let's have him settle into a role where there's not as much responsibility. Gordon Hayward needs a rest. Let's play him at the three. Now you're playing with Terry Rozier, LaMelo Ball in the backcourt, P.J. Washington, Mark Williams in the front court. Even Mark Williams, who is the worst shooter out of all of those, five, out of all those players, Mark Williams got pick and pop game to where he can hit the shot from 15 feet out. Yeah. So with Brandon having a harder time driving to the basket, not as physical. The turnovers were a problem this preseason. We all called it. That was something that he was going to have to adjust to. But man, if you play with better players, as Terrence Oglesby put it yesterday, oftentimes your performance is going to be better. And so I wonder how you balance that. All right, Clifford doesn't want to mess with his confidence. We'll play him with the starters. Okay, but now we just got to have our best players in there. So here's Gordon Hayward can Brandon handle the load coming off of the bench? And so that's what's going to be interesting to see. One last point before we move on. Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, it's going to be so much fun to watch this team tonight just to see uh, the beginning, just how it starts. I think tonight lays the foundation for this team of what we could see uh, from them going forward. Definitely points of emphasis tonight is LaMelo and his matchup with Trey Young, but also Brandon Miller, man. What are you going to get from him? And also are the Hornets going to start the season dialed in on defense? Kyle Bailey going to have plenty more Hornets coverage for you. He'll be at the Spectrum Center from 3 to 6 on the Kyle Bailey Show. Speaking of the Kyle Bailey Show, we got Smoke Ludwig back at the Planet Kia Studios helping us out. So appreciate Smoke. We're still here at the Hilton Uptown live for ACC tip-off, and we still have Steve Forbes, Wes Bryant's boy, joining us in just a moment <laughs> to talk about some more Wake Forest basketball. It's Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wesson Walker back at ACC tip-off, live at the Hilton Uptown Charlotte. Feel free to text in, 704-570-9610. People complimenting Fitty for being professional. Wes on the text line, <laughs> Smoke said and asked that, one, he was saying that he was uh, surprised to see him so professional or mm -hmm. asking how he was in front of Hubert Davis, and we've all made the joke. If it was Coach K, if it was Roy Williams on opposite ends of the spectrum, the professionalism probably goes out the window. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, 
caught uh, Joshua out here earlier today. Uh oh. Ten o'clock, ten thirty. And <laughs> you know, I had a little. You know, he and I had a little chat too. That you know, when the Duke players walked by, I said, you know, I should just hold him back like an old dog in the junkyard. You know what I'm saying? Because I know he was ready to just jump across the table. Was he barking and snarling? He, he wanted to. You could just see it. Like you know, he 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 wanted to do something, but he knew he couldn't do it. It's like that hit man that's getting ready to go do his hit, but he's got to chill because he's in the middle of the mall and there's too many people that might see him. This is the and second. That's the look he had. This is the second mob reference you've made yeah. in regards to Fitty today. I do. I, I, I like the look today with the suit that he's got on. He's got the blazer going, and I said he looks like you know he could be uh, a hitter of sorts. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, Hit him up. Yeah, you know, just one of those guys that people underestimate that's just a dirty, dirty <laughs> rascal and just to get you, catch you lacking. And so that's what I said he looked uh, like today. But yeah, when Flip and the crew walked by, I could just feel it. it, it yeah. just, you just felt the sense in the um, you could cut the tension with a knife. Well, I know, I know. Here we are, just continuing to talk about Fiddy, but mm -hmm. also like just dressed in all black, like a scary movie. Yeah. While Duke players are walking past him, he also has the David Tepper look going a little bit. I saw the chest hair creeping out. Was that intentional, yeah. Fiddy, or was that just something that you rock with normally? Nah, I mean, I think it was like when you're going bald. I think it's okay to show your chest hair, and I've got a <laughs> lot of it. You know, there's a little peek behind the curtain at my house. Fiddy, your shirt is kind of Duke bluish, though. Oh, right? no, it is. I it mean, is. It's, it's it's definitely closer to royal blue than Carolina yeah, blue. You know? So here was the problem. I, I, I tried for a pink. Mm -hmm. I was too fat for the pink. I've got a yellow. <laughs> How are you too fat for a color? Right. Well, no, like I, I, I was literally like I couldn't I couldn't get the last button oh, over. Oh, the shirt it, itself. You know? Gotcha. And, and yellow to me is just not a color. It's not a fall color in my mm -hmm. opinion. So I just went with the – this is the exact same thing I wore to Willie's wedding. So it's a big reason why you could probably – Probably see why I went home without a woman that night. <laughs> well, they do. Uh, have a, they, that, that is a thing now. They always say that's why football teams, when they wear all white, they look uh, bigger. I get black is slimming. You know, right. that's how it is. Right, 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 right. So, yeah, man. But, no, it's uh, it's been cool being out there. I took him around a little bit, and uh, he got to see some of the stuff going on uh, back on the other side of things. And uh, But, as I said, just the Duke guys, you know, like I said, I, I could I could feel the tension of when they walked by. And the funny part was when we talked to Tyrese Proctor, I forgot that he is from Australia. So, that's hilarious you bring that up. I think our own Shroppy, who was producing at the time, was like, who in the hell is this? Yeah. This ain't Tyrese Proctor. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, nah, man, he's from Australia. Yeah. So he's got an accent on him. I, it was funny. I was imagining Stroppy get in the producer mic and say, Walker, that's not Tyrese. That's somebody different. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's Tyrese Proctor. And that's if we just want to focus there for a little bit. I know we talked about it a lot last year. I've mentioned it a couple times. I think he's going to have a great year. Mm -hmm. He really came on strong the second half of last season. He discussed how it's important for him and John Shire to have a better relationship, maybe than even other players on the roster, which I thought was interesting. That team is crazy loaded. Mm -hmm. With the talent that's coming back, usually with the last iteration of Coach K's career, it was always about the one and done. Is that going to work for him to win championships? John Shire's got guys coming back, and he also has guys coming in as freshmen that are going to be talented. Yeah, he's got the mix that you want in this era of NIL and transfer portal where he's got the experience with guys like Roach, even flipping the crew. They got good experience as far as getting and winning an ACC tournament championship and then making the run in the tournament that they made. And then he's got this top-notch freshman class coming in behind him, and it's something you don't really 
really see, especially from programs of that ilk, is mostly you're just rotating in one and dones and hoping for the best. And then you get some of the guys who didn't play much that end up being your most seasoned players. But this Duke team, they have stars that are seasoned. And then they've got young guys that are going to come in and, and fill in with their roles as well. So he's definitely got the type of team that, that they should compete, yeah. man. No well, question. All right, let's talk to some more ACC coaches, shall we? We got Steve Forbes. A couple of segments from now. Actually, it's going to be Brad Brownell joining us next on the other side of the break. And then it's going to be Steve Forbes. So not quite done yet here at ACC Tip-Off. Stay tuned with us on Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Get past the people. Get past the hitmen. Wesson Walker continues from ACC tip-off at the Hilton live in Uptown Charlotte. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, and ACC tip-off continues as we continue to talk about ACC basketball with more coaches. Who better to talk about that kind of stuff, right? We had a conversation with Hubert Davis. We had a conversation with John Shire, Kevin Keats, and now we continue with Brad Brownell, the Clemson head basketball coach, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Coach, thanks so much for the time. How are you doing? Good to be with you guys. Doing great. Absolutely. We appreciate your time. And as you look to turn the page from last year, looking into this season, you guys just missed out on the tournament. My question is, when something like that happens, do you quickly forget about it and just wash your brain of it, you move on, or do you try to use it as fuel, remember it, but remember how that happened in the first place so that you can just avoid all of the, uh, uh, the nervousness and then yeah. just go ahead and get in solidly? Well, it's a little bit of both. Um, it's hard to forget it, especially right when it happens and, and for the immediate you know, month or two after, it's it's pretty frustrating and challenging. Uh, having said that, you got to get on to, to other things. You got to get on to next year, and every team is different. There's certainly some scar tissue with uh, guys who were on the team last year, uh, and and you know we've talked about some things with that certainly in the off season throughout the summer. But really, as you put your new team together, it's more hey, let's look forward. Let, let's you know, there's certainly a. a a point where we all got a little chip on our shoulder and and we remember what it was like to be you know sitting there on selection sunday frustrated and angry um but you're better off to get working at, at the current team and so we've got so many new guys that a big part of this year is just making sure we, we put this year's team together and uh and that takes time well, and you mentioned that you had those conversations. How did your team respond to it just within those meetings and also on the on the basketball court? Yeah, I think Will. Um, you know, P.J. Hall and Chase Hunter really are two older guys that are our captains that are coming back that, you know, those those wounds are still fresh at times. Um, so they're highly motivated. Um, you know, they've got the chip on the shoulder. But they also know, hey, we, we've got to – we gotta we gotta build this new team. We gotta get Joe Girard, Jack Clark, you know, Boz Light, uh, Asa Thomas, um, you know, Jake Hybrider. We, we got a bunch of new guys. We gotta get those guys ingrained with how we do things at Clemson, how you know how coach wants to play on both ends, and then we gotta spend time with each other so we get to know each other. Um, you know, just because we're wearing the same jersey doesn't mean we're a real team. And I think there's a lot of that in college sports, and especially now with all the comings and goings. you got to just build, spend time on building team and togetherness and camaraderie and, 
And uh, so that's just as important as your offensive and defensive schemes. Coach Brad Brownell joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. And, Coach, when you talked about some of those offseason acquisitions that you made through the portal on the main two being Jack Clark and Joe Girard, like what did you pinpoint in this team for yep. you guys to be able to yep. add those pieces to help you hopefully get into the tournament this year without having to sweat it out all the yep. way until the end? Yeah, we lost two really good players, um, starters, Hunter Tyson, who was, you know, second-round pick with the Nuggets, um, 15 points and tremendous 40% three-point shooter and 10 rebounds a game almost. Uh, and then Brevin Galloway, another guy made threes and 11 and a half points and three or four rebounds. And so we think Joe Girard will help us with some of the shooting. He's an outstanding three-point shooter, great range, has a history of scoring the basketball. Uh, Jack can do some of that as well. Uh, Jack can really rebound, uh, good rebound per minute numbers uh, at NC State and even back at LaSalle. Hopefully he can help us stretch the floor a little bit as well. And so kind of brought two guys in who are older that we thought could fill the place of the two guys we were leaving. Unfortunately, Jack's been hurt a good bit and really is just now starting to get out on the court. Uh, hasn't gone full contact yet, um, but we're optimistic that at some point here in the near future he's going to get going. And then, Coach, with, with Chase and P.J., those are two very seasoned players. And in this era, NIL and the portal, again, these guys decided to stay. They yep. stayed loyal. They're there. How big is that going to be for you guys to have two vets like that that you can lean on when times get tough? Yeah, that's a great point. I think you need that. Um, I think it just helps when you got guys that have been with you through the years, that know your system, that have been through the wars, that understand – how I like things done and are communicating that to their new teammates. It, it, so it's not always coach-driven. It has to be player-driven. Your your best teams happen when the players are driving the team. And when your best players are your best communicators, your best leaders, your hardest workers, you have real chance for success. I'm fortunate that we've got a couple guys in P.J. Hall and Chase Hunter who are those kinds of guys. They're great guys. They're both uh, – Chase has already graduated. will finish with his master's after this year. P.J.'s – you know, almost finished uh, with his Clemson degree right now. Um, those guys are just great ambassadors of our basketball program and Clemson University in general. Uh, last question, uh, just going back to the transfer portal, you get Joe Girard from Syracuse, Jack Clark from NC State, both in conference. Is it an advantage to recruit the transfer portal in conference, or is that just a coincidence? You liked them, and they just so happen to play in the ACC. I mean, I think it's a little bit of a coincidence. We just were familiar with their games, having played against them both. Uh, we played against Jack three times last year, and we've, we've seen Joe over the course of a four-year career. And I think the other thing is you got to look at it from their side. I think those guys were familiar with Clemson. They saw our teams here recently, and the, they knew the guys on our team, hey, I want to go play with Chase Hunter and P.J. Hall. Those guys are good players. We can help them have a big year. If I go there, we can win. I can see when they lose Brevin Galloway and Hunter Tyson where I fit. And so I think it was kind of an easy sell both ways because of that. That's Coach Brad Brownell joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline here at ACC Tip-Off. Coach, good luck this season. Thanks, guys. Yep. Good to be with Thanks, you. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate the time. So here we are talking about Clemson and just just shy of making the NCAA tournament last year. I was talking about this, too, before we hopped on the mic. Man, Hunter Tyson, I feel like we, we liked him. We knew about him, right? That was the guy you would focus on. Mm -hmm. Just lit it up in summer league. Uh, one of the best players, just flat out, in mm -hmm. Summer League, averaging over 20 points, hit everything you put up in the air. And so I'm interested to see how they're going to replace that. But 
the go-win conference. Joe Girard's a productive player at Syracuse, an experienced player. What do you think about this Clemson team coming in? Well, I was going to say, man, I had a little birdie in a conversation. Oh, I love me. when the birdies talk to Wes. <laughs> they, they tell me that they think that this Clemson team is good enough to win the ACC. Uh, they talked about the how physical they are that on birdie defense. birdie had a big old secret. It did. I'll let you know who that birdie was during the break. I All can't right. wait. Do we need to go to break now? No? All right. We'll just hold on. We'll yeah, hold but on. he said that he felt like that the, the physical defense that they play and that they've got shooting and they're complete team and like I said they have you know that, that veteran leadership with Chase and PJ you really get guys to stay at a school the whole time like they do and so Clemson is always a team no matter what that people are going to always overlook because they think of them as a football school but I think Brownell has done a very admirable job there of getting good teams there having teams that can compete we we can't forget the what sweet 16 run that they had just a few years back when they had that three guard lineup so uh, this is a program that they're looking to get back to that they sniffed the NCAA tournament as far as almost getting there but didn't get in so those pieces he's bringing in that shooting with Joe Girard and, and Jack Clark and those guys uh, I think he may have identified the, uh, the the proper pieces to put in there to help them get over that hump. We had this conversation regarding football but it also feels like the ACC is going to be another sport, the ACC basketball What's going on, Coach? It's going to be another time where you actually finish the season better than you start We got to mm -hmm. We got Duke, North Carolina, of course, but man, it looks like there's a lot of talent in this conference. It definitely it, it, like is. depth everywhere. Feels like it's a good I year mean, for the conference. Everybody knocks ACC till it's tournament time, and they've got seven, eight teams in the sixteen. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's just how it goes. Oh, oh, what you got for us? Yeah, guys. no doubt. Coach Forbes <laughs> just joined us. Coach oh. Steve Forbes, How head coach of my Wake Forest Demon Deacons, just came uh, to join us at the desk. And, Coach, you know, we're at ACC tip-off here, and yeah. uh, everybody's optimistic about what the season's going to bring. And, obviously, you've had two consecutive player of the year, even though Appleby, he won uh, the AP, AP player of yeah. the year. Yes, but now you've got Kevin Miller uh, stepping into that spot uh, as well. So how are you going to – find another player to fill those shoes. Maybe not win player yeah. of the year, but right. another player of that caliber to be the catalyst for your team. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I, I think we've we've done really well in the portal. You know, you just mentioned Kevin Boopy Miller. Um, we have a couple transfers from Gonzaga. Uh, Hunter Salas, who's a uh, former McDonald's All-American. Uh, Efton Reed, who's waiting on a waiver. A uh, great player. Uh, was at LSU and then in Gonzaga. And then Abramo Sanka from UCLA. Those guys all played in really good programs, and I think that's an important factor when you go into the portal is you find guys that have played in successful programs. And so, um, you know, I, I think we have a chance to, to have maybe one or two of those guys step up. But the most exciting thing for me right now is I have three returners that average double figures in the ACC. You know, Damari Monsanto, who's coming back for an injury, Andrew Carr, Cameron Hildreth, and then Matthew Mars, who shot 80% from the field. Uh, last year, which is incredible. So uh, I think it's a mix. You know, yes. we uh, Is one of those guys going to be a line for Ty? I don't know. I don't know if I could have told you when I said here last year that Ty would do that mm -hmm. or a would do that. I would, you know, who would say that? You know, and so I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll be Hunter. Maybe it'll be Boopy. 
or one of those other guys, but we'll, you know, we'll give them a chance to do so. And so, Coach, when you look at this team, and this is coming into your fourth season, and uh, now the program is definitely under your control. You've established a lot of things. What did you pinpoint this offseason as far as yeah. what it's going to take to get this team to the ACC tournament and yeah. to win games and then to get them Good to point. the NCAA tournament, man? Because speaking as a Wake alum, and I know a lot of other Wake alums, yeah. man, they're ready for postseason yeah. success. I agree. I mean, it, it comes down to defending. You know, we we've led the, we've been one of the top two or three teams in offense the last two years. Uh, we played 13 games last year, decided by three points or less. 13. We went six and seven. Four of those losses were to three teams went to the tournament. One went to the Final Four. You got to win the right games, and you got to defend better. You know, and so I think those are the things that we concentrated the most on in the off season, uh, getting better there, getting and and then just having some guys who've been through it. You know, uh, not having such a huge roster turnover, you know, every year. But ultimately, yes, the, you want to play in a tournament. That's what your fans want. That's what we want. But it's very disappointing, I'll be honest, that we can go 13-5 and five in the ACC and not get in the tournament. That's wrong. And last year we won 11 league games and didn't make the NIT. I, I don't understand the metrics of that. Um, but I'm not making those decisions. So we just go out, and I think we got to try to win – not only win games, but win the right games. All right, so you mentioned Demari Monsanto as one yeah. of the returners. One of my favorite players to watch last year, unfortunately. I'm, I'm very sorry for you for just saying that, but go ahead. Well, I'm just telling you. <laughs> Suffered season-ending surgery last year. Yeah. Well, like, that that's part of the problem, but also part of the reason I love him, yeah. he seems to have the greenest light he does. of all time. Like, has there ever been a player that you've ever coached that has as green of a light as Monsanto? Uh, maybe one, but not very many. You yeah. know, and that, But that's, I think, the beauty of playing for me is that you do have freedom on offense, but there's got to be accountability to defend. Okay? But, you know, it's interesting that I've made, I, I don't make light of it, but when he got hurt, he was trying to do something he can't do, and that's dribble. You know, and I was like, Damari, just shoot the ball. You know, you're standing on the logo. He made a three at Notre Dame. We were on a huge run. It was on the logo. And Bray looked at me, and I looked at Bray like, huh? I don't know what to tell you, man. Um, yeah, he's got a lot of confidence, um, and we need him. You know, he led the ACC in threes last year and, and missed four, four, like the last four games. Uh, but he's not going to be ready till till December. That patella is a tough, tough injury, and uh, but we, we definitely need him. He does play with a lot of confidence. All right. So, look, I, I just care about letting it fly, baby. Yeah, Defense, yeah. yeah, at least for me, the viewer, just <laughs> let it fly. I just want to see the shots go in. But you bring up defense. You brought it up a couple of times. So if there's more of an emphasis on defense this year, are you doing anything differently to address it than years past? Uh, I think it's a little bit more, not really, um, more recruiting and then experience. You know, I've always been around teams that had more experience or better defenders. And, I think we've gotten bigger on the perimeter. As good as Ty and Davey and were last year, very small. Now you got Hunter Salas at 6'5", Cameron Hilders at 6'5", Kank Sanka at 6'6", Damari at 6'7". You got bigger guards. You know, and if we can get Efton Reed eligible, and then we got better rim protection. I think it comes down more to that than maybe scheme. But uh, we'll see here pretty soon because the ball is going to go up in the air. And then, Coach, last thing I'll ask you, too, when you look at this roster, you know, what is it about your system that uh, you've been able to create two yeah. straight ACC players of the year? And then who's a guy that maybe not can get to that role, but a guy that we're going to know his name by the end of the season for Wake Forest yeah, basketball? Yeah, you know, I just think it's, it's style of play, how we play. We play fast. We 
we, you know, we play fast, but to play fast, you got to practice fast. If you come watch us practice, that's how we roll. The guys play with a lot of confidence. I tell them, if you make take a shot and have to look at me playing for the wrong coach, you know. So go down, share the ball, play fast, great spacing, and, and score it. Um, probably Hunter Salas. You know, Hunter played 17, 20 minutes a game at Gonzaga. But he's a, like I said, he's a former McDonald's All-American. Uh, he's very talented. He's a, he's a very good player. So I could see him becoming a name that most ACC people right now don't know. All right. That was Coach Steve Forbes of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Coach, we appreciate All the right. time. Best of luck to you this season. Always a pleasure. Go Deeks. Go Deeks. All right. All right. That's Coach Steve Forbes joining us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. I'm telling you, man. I want to watch Monsanto let that thing fly. But that's <laughs> well, that goes to wait a little bit. <laughs> He's pointing at me. He's saying, hey, how about you, you preach some defense for him? <laughs> and I am going to have to wait a little bit. And so I wonder, it feels like, Wes, that this Wake Forest team can hold on a little bit for him to come back. And we'll see just how improved defensively this team is. But no bones about it. Like, if you don't play well on that end, then it feels like Coach Forbes thinks that's the reason they haven't made the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. So is it as simple as just making defensive adjustments and then the offense will come because he lets him play a, a free spirit style of offense and then the Demon Deacons will end that drought? I want to see it. It's funny. Not only do you want to see it as somebody who went there, yeah. we all want to see it. We mm-hmm. love Steve Forbes as the media and I think the fan base likes who he is. Yeah. It's just all about getting to the big dance. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. I mean, Wake Forest, I was you know, talking and I mean, they haven't had great postseason success held since Tim Duncan and the crew were there. I mean, I know Jeff Teague and them went to the tournament, but those teams were, you know, very disappointed because they bowed out of the tournament early. And, uh, you know, you just felt like that those teams weren't under control. And so the frustrating part with Wake, man, you feel like that you're a team that has some some pedigree in the ACC and you want to see them get back to that. You want to be playing on Friday and perhaps Saturday in the ACC tournament the way that they do it now. He knows that the fan base is starved for success uh, with with this team and especially having two consecutive player of the year type of guys and so you'd like to see that translate into success and so we'll see man he's done a great job of being able to flip the roster year after year with the portal hopefully he's got the right mix of players to be able to get Wake Forest uh, to that place that we can all be proud of. All right, Wes you mentioned being Snow White with all the birdies you talk to and so not only did someone (laughs) say that Clemson could win the ACC to you Uh but earlier on Fiddy brought this back up Mm -hmm. We didn't get a chance to ask Coach Forbes yeah, about go. this, yeah. but someone said to you uh-huh. that this Wake team has eight pros on the roster. <laughs> eight of them. <laughs> yeah. That's a rotation. Yeah, it is. It is, right? Are you going to push? Are you are you bouncing back off of that, saying, no, I didn't mean all of that? What would Coach Forbes say to that comment? Well, you know what? I actually, that same birdie that I revealed to you during the break told me that I might want to pump the brakes off. <laughs> uh, because of that reason that Coach Forbes said was defense. That's exactly what they told me. They said this Wake team doesn't play good enough defense yet to really be a true factor. And so that's the thing that you worry about with coaches, man. And you know that, you know, basketball is fun. Fundamental, man, it's, it's two sides of the ball, offense and defense. You would think that, you know, you can get the kids to buy in and be able to do it, but it's the hardest doggone thing to do. And I remember when I was doing Hornets games and talking to Greg Popovich before the game, and he said that's the hardest thing to get players to do is to buy in. Everybody wants to get a bucket, but nobody wants to go down and play defense. Uh, allow me to bring that local here. So we talked with Tony Bennett to start this thing off. Mm-hmm probably the best coach in the country to get his recruits to buy in on the defensive end of the floor. 
So if that's the case, Ron Sanchez goes to Charlotte, and he's not coaching at Charlotte anymore. <laughs> there wasn't enough success there. Uh -huh. He gets out before a pressure-filled season if he doesn't finish at top of the conference he's gonna get fired I mean mm -hmm. if he doesn't he's got to have a winning season right so he's out now and I go back to that point that you just mentioned right there exactly the guys couldn't defend at a high enough level to balance the lack of offensive output mm -hmm. and it's really tough coach Sanchez said as much constantly it's hard for these guys to buy in to the level that it takes defensively to be a top-notch team mm -hmm. if you're not gonna score if that's not gonna be your MO then I don't want to say flawless, but you got to be very close to perfect. And that's something that Ron Sanchez couldn't do here at Charlotte. But Tony Bennett's been able to do for a long time just to stay even keel. Like even the double-digit seasons that you lose, the double-digit loss seasons, you at least know we're going to rely on pack line defense, the boring brand that allows us to get to the tournament. We'll see what we do once we get there. It's been a roller coaster, but at least we know what we can rely on in order to get to the big dance. Yeah, and so when you look at Virginia the last few years and, and under Tony Bennett's tenure, he looks for guys with those traits that he likes, and he'll end up having guys on the team that are defenders, that are kind of garbage guys. They kind of, you know, rebounds, putbacks, things of that nature, like your Diakites and guys like that to make the defense go. Now, he didn't win a championship until he got the Ty Jerome and the Kyle Guy and uh, the DeAndre, DeAndre Hunters Hunter that could sweet. also yeah. put the ball in the basket and play defense. But I think for him, he has the luxury of the Virginia on the chest, the ACC pedigree to be able to get that higher caliber player than maybe a Charlotte 49ers program uh, at that time. And I think that's the big difference. But yeah, I mean, with young players today, you look what's marketed all the time. It's the dunks. It's the shots. It's the threes. That's all we hear about. You don't see guys blocking shots like that on commercials and guys getting endorsements as great defensive players and getting signature shoes. Being, I mean, back in the day, Dikembe Mutombo had his own signature shoe and he wasn't out there dropping 30 a night. We knew that he was going to yeah. get the blocks and the rebounds. So I think that's the thing for these kids, too. They're like, I'm trying to get paid, first and foremost. And what's going to get them paid is being able to put the ball in the hole, first and foremost. And I think that's one of the things that they run into. But uh, for Wake, man, they got to be able to do that. And I think the thing with Coach, too, man, when you look at Wake's rosters the last few years, he gets guys that are bucket getters, but not necessarily lockdown defenders. And so uh, until they do that, like I said, it's going to be wash, rinse, repeat, man. Man, but I know I'm sick and tired. I'm about to flip the damn table over in a minute. Don't Just do it. talking about the Wake Forest, uh, the lack of success in the ACC tournament. It's like you know you're going to go home within the first two days, and we're tired of that. All right, so it's perfectly time to end the show. If he flips the table <laughs> over, I go over the balcony and die. So we're going to oh, get no, out of here. Before, <laughs> before we do that, uh, we're going to end it here. Appreciate everybody listening to ACC Tip-Off. Big shout to Shroppy helping us out. Smokey at the Planet Kia Studios. That's about it, right? I don't have anybody else. Yeah, I'm playing, you know I'm playing. You know I'm playing. Josh Fitty Marlowe holding it down, asking some great questions all day long. Was it everything you hoped it'd be, Fitty? Uh, yeah, I mean, it always is. It's my favorite show of the year, and uh, we had a lot of fun talking talking college basketball, and hopefully Wes can pull a couple strings and get us out to a Wake Forest practicing game this year because uh, he offered... Yeah, I, I thought I, about that, too. Yeah, I did. We, you make it happen or... I got you. We could get in there and shoot around and work out. I, I saw Coach uh, Jebbia yesterday when Dwight, my man Dwight and I went and worked out in the gym then when you saw the, the, the videos back then. So, yeah, I get us in. You know I got you, okay. baby. All right, so Wes and the birdies... You look like uh, Johnny Depp in Black Mass today. That's what you look like with this suit Ooh, on. Is that an 
insult or a compliment? I mean, it's Johnny Depp. It, Johnny Depp, I think, yeah, was right once there. sexiest man alive. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the cover. And he, then he, yeah. I mean, he also then like got liquidated of all of his money and assets. So, you know, is this going to be a good thing for me? I don't know. The way you talk, you don't got any. So, there you go. <laughs> well, Fiddy, if you could get if you could get to that point where you had all of those assets to be able to lose it, man, I think you would take that and lose it in the short term than to 100%. long term just be, you know. Plugging along. Yeah, you you right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Sh- shout shouts to all the producers <laughs> helping us out today. Shouts to Fitty, Shroppy, Smoke, Wes, his birdies. Appreciate everybody <laughs> hopping on with us on Wes and Walker. Don't go anywhere. Keep it right here. We're now going to go to a different remote location. It's Kyle Bailey hosting his show at the Spectrum Center in anticipation of tonight's tip-off of the NBA regular season for the Charlotte Hornets. They take on the Atlanta Hawks. This is Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. <laughs>